I'm pleased to be here in Israel at this important time. Above all, I'm here to express my solidarity with the Israeli people. You have suffered an unspeakable, horrific act of terrorism, and I want you to know that the United Kingdom and I stand with you. I'm looking forward to my meetings later today with the Prime Minister and President, and I very much hope that they will be productive meetings. Thank you again. New today, that is UK President Rishi Sunak. He has landed in Israel. He will meet with Israeli leaders, including Netanyahu, and that uh, happens a day after the president was there. Uh, president Biden is expected to address the nation tonight, 8 o'clock, and maybe that message signals the start of this uh, Israeli ground offensive into Gaza that I think a lot of uh, us thought would happen days ago. Uh, but it's going to require hundreds of thousands of Israeli soldiers who were called into action immediately in the aftermath of the massacre 13 years ago, uh, 13 days ago. But um, a lot of people volunteered to just go. And that would include my next guest who walked away from a great company that he uh, owns in New York, a tech company. And he is now on the front lines in position waiting to be called up. Noileib is the man I talk of. He joins us now. Good to have you. Hey, how are you? I'm uh, good. I, I have to think that you're exhausted. When do you all sleep? When do you sleep? When, uh, when we can. Different hours of the day, of course. And, uh, and um, you know, we just, whenever we can, basically. Yeah, I, I, I sense I'm probably pretty tired because you and I were going back and forth. And I'm thinking to myself, when does this guy sleep? And I assume you all are just grabbing naps when you can. What's the feeling? I mean, when we spoke last time, last week, um, you know, you were going into this thing explaining why it was so important. Your two brothers are also there, which your poor mom. But um, now that you're there in position, what is the uh, mood like? Is the resolve the same? And look, I, I speak for myself. Like we, all of us just want to go in already. Israelis are, are, you know, new stories come up every single day of, Israelis getting killed and tortured and every day you wake up scared to recognize the familiar face on the news or on the WhatsApp messages of the the dead bodies found or the the videos that are coming out of the kidnapped people like oh we're just sick of it and we try to to do the best we can in terms of protecting all innocent lives but it gets to a point where we just need to to wake up and protect our people and does everyone think that can be done? I mean, the, the reality is, um, you know, thousands of soldiers, Israeli soldiers, could be killed or hurt. I mean, this is not an easy task. Um, you've got to deal with the tunnels. You've got to deal with these terrorists. And it's difficult because, of course, they plant themselves behind Palestinian women and children and men. And so are you prepared for that? That's one of the consequences of war. You know, unfortunately, there's casualties and, you know, you have... 18-year-old boys who just finished high school and are now on the front line. We have mothers like mine who have three boys in the army. There's women serving in the army. There's there's everyone here is at risk, even if they're not in the army. So are we prepared? Yes, because the the, the victory is going to be much more, um, much better than the current situation right now. Right now, people are living in fear. Israelis don't want to leave their home. They're scared because we do know that there's still terrorists in Israel. There's a lot of talk, which I won't go into, about Iran. And, you know, this, mm -hmm. this needs to be stopped. And each and every one of us is prepared to do that. Have you had a chance 
to chat with your brothers. I assume that they're not in the same unit as you, but are you able to talk? And are you able to talk to your mom? Um, my One of my brothers had a two hours off, so he came to visit his son and quickly dropped by me. We had a very emotional 10 minutes together, which I never, I'm very close to him, but we never had that in our life. Um, my youngest brother, unfortunately, not able to, mm-hmm. to visit. And yeah, you know, we still with our phones I'm speaking to you right now so i'm able to speak to my to my mom and and um trying you know I, I started some instagram and a tiktok channel just trying to document whatever i can to really to really raise awareness of the situation that's going on because as you know there's a lot of news and stories out there that mm-hmm. just are i don't even want to call them fake they're outrageous well let's talk a little bit about that obviously the bombing of a quote, hospital, which turns out was more of a parking lot where uh, Hamas holds munitions. Um, that got reported very quickly as a fact. The word was taken of Hamas and their, uh, you know, officials. And, of course, Israel was blamed very quickly. But I think the misreporting of that changed the direction and the tensions because we've seen it spilling all over the streets, you know, with Israel being called uh, every name in the book and, and certainly um, now calls for ceasefire. When you see that, when the men and women on the front lines there see that, what's the thought? Well, we're, we're, you know, it's, we're angry. We're upset. For 12 hours, we were fighting the entire world saying, hey, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. We didn't do it. And then it was Hamas that leaked out a phone call saying, hey, I think we accidentally shot our rocket at our own people. But the issue here is that once uh, uh, it's out, it's out. The people don't remember that it was a mistake and that, you know, Israel wasn't actually the ones that bombed. People remember that Israel killed 500 people at a hospital. So, you know, they say that when the truth is just putting on its shoes, the lie has already made it around the world. So it's like, it doesn't matter what we do. We're always going to get the blame for it. But at the end of the day, we know exactly what the truth is, exactly who we are. And we're going to keep on fighting for ourselves until people truly understand who Israel is and um, and what we are trying to do here. There have been fights before. There have been wars before. There have been attacks, many, many, I mean, too many to count, um, with you know terrorists or countries attacking Israel. But can you explain, um, you know, this new position where it's not going to stop? I mean, whether or not allies, you know, commit themselves to standing by Israel. I mean, the allies. You've got the president came yesterday. You've got. You know, UK's president, and I assume some of the other allies are coming, but there are a lot already calling, you know, for ceasefires when they did promise to stand behind Israel. And so can you explain, maybe from your perspective, why there is so much resolve to finish the job now? I mean, look, like, we we care about our own people. We want the hostages back, and we want them to, to be safe home. And I, I, my personal opinion is that if Hamas said, you know what, we, we will release all hostages for potential ceasefire, I think there would be some, um, some going forward. But both you and I know that we're not dealing with people. We're not dealing with terrorists. We're not dealing with, with human beings. We're dealing with animals that you can't negotiate with. And also we've seen that every single time, especially in 2014, when there was a call for a ceasefire, Hamas continued to fire rockets, and a lot of Israeli soldiers were killed during the ceasefire. So it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's, it's like, okay, so they're going to call a ceasefire and then shoot at us again. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? 
two weeks ago you were sitting at a desk in New York, probably living a pretty great life, and you're on the front lines. Uh, just paint a picture of what the experience has been like for you and how it's changed you. I mean, from what I can tell you, the experience has just been, you know, time. You don't know what day it is. You don't know what time it is. You're just continuing to, to, to get smarter. I feel like I'm doing a, a PhD in, in Hamas studies and just trying to really understand all of the... Um, every single thing about them, the tunnels, the, the weapons, the people, and I'm sure they're doing the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that honestly, what I've learned is that in your life, there's only a few things that really matter. One is your family and, and your, your very close circle. Nothing else matters. Not your job, not your small problems, nothing, you know, like I, my business is the most important thing of, in my life right now. Um, I don't have kids yet. I'm, 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 I don't have a, a wife yet, but it just puts everything in proportion. And it's like, there's just some more important things in life that we make a lot of big deals and fuss about the small things that at the end of the day don't truly matter. Well, I appreciate you chatting with us. I know it's not always easy, certainly, and there's a lot of factors that go into getting these connections, but uh, we'll hope to keep in touch with you. We'll be watching closely and um, stay safe. All right. Thank you very much. Take Thank care. Thank you. That is uh, Noy Leib, a former tech company owner, now on the front lines. Three brothers to one mother over there. And those are the kinds of stories uh, that are happening.